the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence today. What then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? In response to this question, which is the topic of today's message, the resounding answer is love him, praise him, trust him, obey him, and bless his holy name. Anything less dishonors our Lord and Savior who gave his life that we might live eternally with him. To say we love our Lord and then deny him in any way, shape, or form, or fashion makes us as guilty as those in the Bible who said, let him be crucified. Listen closely with Bible pen and paper handy. And be saved, revived, recommitted, transformed, renewed in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. It is good to be in the house of God today. We thank God for who he is, for what he has done. Every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Amen? Every Sunday we thank God for his birth, his life, his death, his glorious resurrection, and his soon imminent coming back again to the glory of Almighty God. Have your Bibles. Be so kind enough to turn with us to the book of Matthew, chapter 27, verses 15 through 26. We're going to take up what we left off last time, and we'll proceed from from there. Matthew chapter 27 verses 15 through 26 is our text for this wonderful morning that the Lord has given us. The scripture reads, at the feast the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wish. And at that time they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, what then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said to him, let him be crucified. Then the governor said, why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more saying, let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that the tumult was rising, 
He took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. What a passage. What a passage uh, of suffering and shame and injustice. The title of this particular passage the Lord has given me is, What then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? What then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? Part two. What then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ really is the ultimate question in life that all of us in this room, all of us by radio, internet, or wherever you're listening, all of us must one day answer. What then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? Many ask life questions such as, what college should I go to? What career path should I take? Who and when should I marry? When should I have children? Who and, wh- uh, who and when should I marry? When should I have children? How many children should I have? How should I discipline my children? Where would I like to live one day? How and where should I invest my money for retirement? When should I retire? And if you're saved, what local church should I join? All of these are indeed important questions we must ask ourselves in life because they are important. However, what transcends all of the questions we've just asked is the ultimate question in all of life. What then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? This is the question that Pilate asked the tumultuous crowd who hated Jesus, who despised Jesus and desired to see Jesus put to death. One may ask just who was Pilate. Pilate, Pontius Pilate, was the fifth uh, governor of Judea appointed by the emperor Tiberius. He held office for some 12 years. His first name, Pontius, means belonging to the sea. All that we know of Pilate from non-biblical sources indicates that he was a brutal, vicious monster of a man. Philo of Alexandria, the philosopher, wrote that Pilate was a man of inflexible, stubborn, and cruel disposition. His term in office was characterized by violence, robbery, assault, abusive behavior, and frequent executions without a trial. He was ruthless. He was a crazy madman. The Jewish leaders accused Jesus of three crimes. What were they? Number one, they claimed that Jesus was guilty of misleading the nation, which is found in Luke 23, 2a, which says, and they began to accuse him saying, we found this fellow perverting the nation. Secondly, they accused Jesus of forbidding the paying of taxes to Caesar which is found in 2b, which says, and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar. And in verse 3, Jesus was charged for claiming to be king. 
And you'll see that in verse 3c, which says, saying that he himself is Christ a king. Pilate focused on the third charge that Jesus claimed to be king because this was a definite political threat to Rome. Now, who, just who is Barabbas? Here's Here's another biblical character in the text. Barabbas means son of the father. In Mark chapter 15, verse 7, and in Luke 23, 19, he is identified as an insurrectionist and murderer. And John 18, 40 says that he was a robber. Just before Jesus' trial, there had been an insurrection and riot in Jerusalem in which several Romans were killed. Barabbas was probably involved and was leader, was a leader of the rebels. Jesus was so hated, he was so despised until they chose a a notorious robber, a notorious murderer, a, a notorious insurrectionist over Jesus who was sinless, righteous, and had no fault in him. In verse verse 23, it says, Governor Pilate tried to reason with the crowd by saying, Why? Why do you want Jesus crucified, in other words? Why? What evil has Jesus done? But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified! Let him be crucified! Let him be crucified. There was nothing Pilate could say or do to persuade this heinous crowd that was determined and hell-bent on seeing Jesus put to death. What spiritual insights can we glean from this passage this morning? You need to write these down because you're going to need every one of these insights for living. Please write them down. You don't know what's coming your way. What spiritual insights can we glean from this passage? Number one, refuse to follow the crowd or seek to please them. If you're going to be a crowd follower in life, you are destined for trouble. Refuse to follow the crowd, the culture, and people and seek to please them. Pilate did not have a backbone and did not have the courage to will himself to do the right thing. My father told me in ministry, he said, son, in whatever you do, just make sure you always do the right thing as unto the Lord, which is good counsel for all of us today. Servants of Jesus Christ must be willing to stand up for Jesus, no matter what the cost. In the words of an old hymn, stand up, stand up for Jesus, we soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead, till every foe is vanquished and Christ is Lord indeed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail us. We dare not trust our own. We must put our trust in Jesus Christ, not in ourselves. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. My friend, your true character is revealed when you are under pressure, when you are in a crisis, people really find out what you're really made of and and what will really come out of you at that time. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 26, it says, then 
he released Barabbas to them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Those who follow the crowd and ride on the waves of emotions are destined for defeat. You follow the crowd. You follow the people. You just be a follower. You're destined for distress and you are destined for disaster, I tell you. How courageous are you when it comes to decision making? Are you courageous or are you a crowd pleaser or a crowd follower? For example, will you vote biblically or will you follow the crowd and vote the media and the people's choice? Will you seek to please and glorify Christ in what you wear? Or will you be like the crowd and the culture and dress sensually and seductively in a manner which draws attention to yourself? Will you murder a baby in the womb? Or will you fight for the sanctity and value of life? Will you follow the culture and your friends and have premarital or extramarital sex? Or will you pursue abstinence and marital fidelity to the glory of Jesus Christ? Will you follow the crowd and cheat on your taxes? Or will you be a man or woman of integrity and render unto Caesar that which is Caesar? Will you be driven by greed and emotions and spend beyond your means? Or will you be a faithful steward of that which God has entrusted to you and acknowledge him in your spending decisions? Will you be like the crowd? Will you be like the culture? Will you be like those on the internet, in the music industry, in the entertainment industry, and the politician? Will you speak profanity at will? Or will you be a person, a holy Christian, with a holy mouth and a holy tongue that speak that which is holy, good, and edifying, and not allowing not allowing a profanity to come out of your mouth. Some people cuss with ease. They have such a limited vocabulary. Is that all you know? Four letters, bleep, bleep, bleep. They have to bleep so much out, you don't even understand the context anymore. Will you look at pornography or will you refuse to set your eyes on that which is evil or ungodly? Even children in their teens and younger ones in middle school are engaging in pornography on the internet. Men and women and folk of all classes, races, it doesn't matter, socioeconomic status, status. Pornography is rampant in the church. It's everywhere. You can't get away from it. Will you be loaded down with the sin of pornography or will you keep your eyes on that which is holy and pure and godly? I submit to you today, brothers and sisters, all the pilots are not gone. So don't be too hard on Governor Pilate. Second spiritual insight I present to you today as it relates to the passage we just read. Like Jesus... You cannot live in this life without experiencing rejection. This is a big one. And I'm going to hang on this one a little bit because all of us in here to one degree or another, we've all experienced rejection. Like Jesus, you cannot live in this life without experiencing rejection. Verse 21 says, the governor answered and said to them, which of the two do you want me to release to you? 
They said Barabbas. They didn't say Jesus. They said Barabbas. They didn't say the Holy One. They said the notorious one. Barabbas. Barabbas. The scripture says they released Barabbas, rejected Christ, and chose him to be crucified. Beloved, Jesus experienced rejection throughout the entirety of his ministry, and you will too. What rejections do we encounter in life? What rejections do we encounter in life? Number one, many in this nation and around the world are rejected by their friends, co-workers, employers, rejected by their spouse, immediate and extended family for becoming a believer in Christ. You are blessed when you when you get saved in a Christian family, everyone is not that fortunate. There are people around the world when they become a Christian. And if they're in a Muslim environment or Hindu environment or what other kinds of environments, they are maligned, they are reviled, they are smitten, they are put out, they are disowned. Even their own children, whoever gets saved, whoever becomes a Christian, the religious cults of this world system don't want a real, authentic, holy Bible. They want a counterfeit Bible. And they, and they, will, they, they will throw out people they're even closely akin to simply because they hate Jesus and they will reject the one who say they are a Christian and uh, disown them. You will be rejected because you, are, you have become a, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, many experience rejection in dating relationships. And some even commit suicide because of breakups, not knowing that God has someone else more suitable in mind. And, I, and that's it, epidemic proportion. I, I, I have friends uh, who are even who are in pastors who have children who have committed suicide because they're teenagers and they, their girlfriend broke up with them. The boyfriend broke up with them. They've just begun to live. They've not married. They've not gone to college. Uh, they, uh, they, they ought to be trying to figure out what college they're going to go to, what they want to be with their life, what career path they want to take. And they're so enamored with, with, with this girl or this boy until when they say, uh, I don't want you anymore, they just lose it. They go into deep depression. They, they feel like they, they, it's, it, life is over. And sometimes there is a blessed addition and there's a blessed subtraction. And there are times where God takes the one you think you want out of your life because he's got something better for you in mind. So stop whining about what God has taken away. God is at work even when we don't understand. And you don't know what God is saving you from. Amen. Man, don't you dare commit suicide because of any man, any woman. I don't care how cute, how handsome, how much money they have, what they drive, who they are. Listen, you're not worth my life. Excuse me, but you ain't all of that. I belong to Jesus. And if you leave me, it's because God's got another that's better than you. Why don't y'all say amen? What rejections do we encounter in life? Thirdly, many experience rejection because of separation and divorce. 
Don't you fool yourself just because you've been married 30 years, 40 years, that your marriage is tamper-proof, that your marriage is is safe. Satan wants your marriage as much in your 30th year as he does in your first year. He doesn't care about your tenure. No season is off-season with Satan. Did you hear what I just said? I mean, sometimes that, that man after being married to you all that time, all of a sudden he goes off the deep end. And sometimes that woman does. And, and you look around and they're, they're gone and you just wonder, what happened? And, and that hurts. I mean, after all you put in a relationship, after all you, you sacrifice, you, you, your children, your grandchildren, all, your home and all that you've gathered together, the places you've done, the, all, the, the pictures on the wall and all of these things. And you look around, you don't have a husband anymore. You don't have a wife anymore. And then you get, uh, you feel a sense of... Uh, Unloved because you see others who are still married, happily married, and then you look at your marriage and it fell to pieces. Let me tell you something. That hurts when you've given that man your children, given him children, and you help educate him, you, you, you sacrifice for him, or vice versa, and then they go off for other reasons. There's a low premium nowadays on the institution of marriage. People don't value the marriage anymore. Marriage doesn't mean anything anymore. People just live together. They just have significant others. They'll stay together because if they get married, they're going to make less money. So they look how quiet it got in here then. You'd be, you'd be surprised how people stay married because they make more. I mean, not stay married, but they, they'll stay together and not be, become married because it's more economically expedient. Are y'all hanging with me? Am I talking French or English or what? <laughs> Listen, I'd rather get married and make less and be in the will of God and trust him to take care of me than to stay there because I'll make a little more money living in sin. And by the way, thank you, Holy Spirit. And some folk living together say, well, I'm waiting maybe next year. What's so good about next year? Anytime you in sin, you need to get out as fast as you can. Well, I want a big wedding, so I want a, not a gown, and, and I want a big cake, and I want these many cakes. What you need a cake for? You got five children in the house, and you're not even married. You need to get married right now. What you talking What? Wait a minute. You wait until next year. You in a mess right now. You in sin. You're a bad example to your children. And you talking about next year. Get it right. Have something small. Get married. Nobody, you're not trying to impress folk. Save that money and put it in a marriage. Want a long gown. Don't even have a refrigerator. <laughs> oh God, help me preach this message. Many experience rejection because of separation and divorce. Fourthly, children experience rejection when, when they are abandoned by their parents. 
parents don't want the children. Just uh, they just throw them away. They don't want to. They just they didn't really want to have children. They wanted to sex without children, you know. And then you got parents also. Parents also experience rejection when they are abandoned or neglected by their children. You giving your children your all. You were there for them at the games. You sacrificed for them. You were on the bus with them. You were at the parent teachers conferences. You took them out to little league this, little league that. You took them all here and all there. And let me tell you, you gave them everything but God. And now they don't even want you because you didn't put a spiritual foundation within them. And so they got, they got education, they got soccer, they got basketball, they got football in them, they got cheerleading in them, they in every organization under the sun, but none of that can make them a good child. None of that can make them a holy child. None of that can make them a saved child. You got to put God in, the, in these children. God in the morning. God at noonday. God at night. You got to talk about the things of God. Don't you eat till you bless your food. We're going to talk about God. What did the preacher talk about today around the dinner table? It ought to be cell phones or not at this kitchen table. I don't want to hear a phone ring. If a cell phone's at this table, are you on suspension for a whole, suspension for a whole week? We're going to talk and communicate and have relationship. That's right. Children abandon, abandon their parents, which results in anger, hurt, and pain. They're now in nursing homes and all kinds of places, and the children won't even come and see them. The forgotten ones. Be mindful. What you think is rejection could actually turn out as an opportunity for greater blessings for God to do a new thing in this season of your life. Now, let's transition again. How are we to respond when we are rejected? Now, this, it gets even bigger. How are we to respond when we are rejected? Number one, only when you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ can you effectively overcome rejection. You can't deal with rejection from God's perspective until, first of all, you have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Acts 16.31a says, so they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You got to be saved. You got to know that you know you know you've been born again. You must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You must ask him to come into your heart, believing in his death, burial, and resurrection. Christ alone saved. You're not saved by works. You're not saved by, by who you are, uh, what, what, you, what you've done, and all this stuff on your own merits. You're saved by Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. In today's message, we come to the realization, both biblically and personally, that we sometimes fall short of standing up for Jesus. How can we be Christ-like if we're only doing what we feel comfortable with, rather than doing all that God has called us to do? What then shall we do with Jesus, who is called Christ? Go all the way with him. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org, where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located directly at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.